Welcome to the Therapy in a Nutshell podcast. I'm Emma McAdam, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I believe therapeutic education can change lives and should be easily accessible to all. These podcast episodes are filled with research-backed therapeutic education that you can start applying to your life today. If you like these episodes and you want to go into more depth on specific topics like how to process tough emotions, how to change your brain and build better relationships, or how to help support someone you know with a mental illness, then check out my classes at therapyinanutshell.com. Each podcast episode here comes from a corresponding video you can find on the Therapy in a Nutshell YouTube channel. Also, these podcasts are educational and don't replace the advice or direction you may be receiving from a therapist or other health professionals. Okay, let's jump into this week's skill. Today, we're going to be talking about how to be happier. So researchers studied the question, does trying to be happy actually work? And if you decide to consciously work on being happier, would you actually be happier down the road? So they asked this question in four different countries and the results were really fascinating. They found that if you tried to be happier in the United States, you actually felt worse. In Germany, it had a mixed effect. But in Russia, Taiwan, and Japan, trying to be happier actually worked. So why would that be? Now, the researchers believe it's due to the cultural difference between the East and the West. So in the West, in America, for example, we're very individualistic. We say, oh, be a rebel. You do you. We proclaim freedom, both from tyranny, but also from dependence on and connection to other people. We're lonelier than we've ever been. People have less friends than ever. But in the East, the culture is more about the group as a whole. So the cultural values say, be a team player, be harmonious. Um, We are all connected. You belong here. And happiness and success is seen as a group effort. It's a family effort. So as Americans, I think it can be really hard to see through the individualistic culture that we're swimming in. It colors the way we see everything and, and the way we think and the way we interact. And so this study found that when people in America or Britain, when they try to be happier, they do it for themselves, for their own ego, because they think that's how it works. And you'll see these messages all over the internet self-help world. They say things like, you deserve to feel good, do self-care, set boundaries, withdraw. And then if you want to feel happy, you get stuff for yourself. You buy yourself something. You try to achieve some individual accomplishments so you can feel good about yourselves. And sometimes this message of like you accomplish something is specifically about being better than others, which is inherently isolating and divisive. But in Eastern cultures, if you intentionally try to be happier, on average, people do something different they try to make things better for their group. So when people in Japan or Taiwan or Russia tried to be happier, they'd spend time with friends and family. They'd they'd try to make the people they care about feel good, or they'd help others who were, were in need. And it worked. So one of the researchers, Brett Ford said, the more you think happiness is a social thing, the better off you are. And In my opinion, this is one reason why Western self-help can backfire, because it feeds more isolation, more self-focus, more inward thinking, and that leaves us more and more trapped and isolated in the echo chamber of our minds. So Johan Hari, the author of Lost Connections said, 
Until I learned this, when I felt depression and anxiety start to set in, I felt a panicked need to keep my head above water. So I would try to do something for myself. I would buy something or watch a movie I like or read a book I like or talk to a friend about my distress. It was an attempt to treat the isolated self and it didn't work very often. In fact, these acts were often the start of a deeper slide. But once I knew Brett's research, I saw the error I'd been making. So now when I feel myself starting to slide down, I don't do something for myself. I try to do something for someone else. I go to see a friend and I try to focus very hard on how they're feeling and on making them feel better. I try to do something for my network, for my group, or even try to help strangers who look distressed. I learned something I couldn't have thought was possible at the start. Even if you are in pain, you can almost always make someone else feel a little bit better or I would try to channel it into more overt political actions to make society better. When I applied this technique, I realized that often, though not always, it stopped the slide downward. It worked much more effectively than trying to build myself up alone. Now, I, I gotta clarify something really quick. Some people with depression, they're never thinking of themselves. They're very selfless, but in a way that crushes themselves. They put themselves down. They're always submitting or stuffing their own thoughts or needs or desires. And this is a pseudo connection. It's not true closeness, but rather it's a form of hiding and withdrawal. So even if on the surface it seems nice, like this is not what I'm talking about, these people would benefit from more real connection, from reaching out for support, um, asking for help, hugging, mutual connections. Not this one-sided, self-depreciating kind of ickiness, right? Real happiness comes from real connection, but it doesn't have to be complicated. So here are some examples of how you could improve your connections and find happiness with others. Uh, make some food for someone. Plan in real quality time with a family member. Hug someone. Schedule in some social time. And this can be really hard if you're depressed, right? You think no one wants to be around you or you think it's too exhausting to be around others. But you, if you set a small goal and work towards it, your efforts will be rewarded. So, I, you know, I just think, like, put something on the calendar. I'm going to go hang out with such and such uh, on this day, right? Um, if you're invited to an outing, make yourself go. Stop saying no to things like that. Uh, you can invite a friend over to share a meal. Uh, spend some time with loving family. You could try to think of a nice gift to give someone. It doesn't have to be expensive. I mean, it could just be something like write someone a note of appreciation. Um, another nice thing you can do is to leave a positive review for a business you like or sincerely thank service staff at the store or the restaurant. I also really love um, the Good News channel. And Upworthy, I, I kind of, I, I'm, I really decrease the amount of news I'm watching. And I really like to follow these channels that highlight the good things that people are doing for each other in the world. Um, here's another one. Say something really kind to someone on social media. Or, even better, in person. <laughs> Find a cause you care about and work with others to accomplish it. So I, I get it, right? This requires purpose and meaning and a group of like-minded people. And this can feel overwhelming. Um, but you can just start with baby steps. So you can start by writing out some things that really matter to you. Like, what do you get really excited about? What do you care about? Is there a cause out there that makes you really mad? Uh, what are your values? So 
after you kind of figure out what you care about, then you can check uh, for groups in your area to do this. So in um, in the U.S., there's like the United Way and there's meetup groups, uh, churches or a local political group, um, a local Dungeons and Dragons group. Uh, you could go to an art night or a recipe night, right? Like just there are so many opportunities to get involved doing things you care about. And these can really help you get more connected with other people, do good in the world, and also, you know, maybe feel happier. So for example, you could volunteer at a local school to uh, read to the kids, or you could volunteer to help ESL speakers learn a new language. Like there's just so many ways you can strengthen your connections and do good in the world and foster true happiness. So, I mean, I would just say, don't wait for the perfect opportunity. Just plan one little thing you're gonna do. Okay, I hope this helps you shift your thinking a little. When you want to feel happier, stop focusing inward. Find a way to build stronger connections, do things with and for other people, and get engaged in a cause that matters. Now, I'd love to hear your ideas on what helps you to connect with other people in an uplifting way. So go ahead and leave those in the comments below. Thank you for watching and take care. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is an online therapy provider. They match you to a licensed therapist in your area who can help you with depression, anxiety, trauma, grief, and other concerns. It's really easy to just sign up and try therapy from the comfort of your own home. And one of the best parts is you can use their service to message your therapist anytime from anywhere. Therapy starts at about $65 a week, so check out the link in the description for 10% off your first month. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found something you can add to your daily routine that makes your life just a little bit better. If you want to learn more about topics like how to process tough emotions, how to change your brain, how to build better relationships, or support someone you know with a mental illness, then check out my classes at therapyinanutshell.com. And if you feel like these podcasts have been a benefit to you, please leave a rating so others can more easily find this content. Thank you so much and have a great day.